You're listening to the 24-Hour Podcast, sponsored by GoDaddy.com. The 24-Hour Podcast was recorded December 20th and 21st, 2008. It was the second annual event as a charity event to raise money for disabled American veterans. During the 24-hour period, I had a number of guests on the show. We had periods of open discussion and talk. And you'll also notice that uh, it is quite live and uh, the non-edited. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the 24-hour podcast. Again, the 24-hour podcast was sponsored by GoDaddy.com. If you're looking for a domain name, virtual dedicated server, dedicated server, shared hosting account, whatever it may be in your domain-related products and hosting services, don't forget GoDaddy.com. And when you get to that checkout counter, use the promo code TODD. That'll save you 10% on your order. Geek5 will save yourself 15% on orders of $20 or more. Todd20 will save you 20% on one-year shared hosting accounts. I hope you enjoy this particular episode of the 24-Hour Podcast. Again, it's an open forum discussion with guests that I had on. Definitely visit 24hrpodcast.com to check out all of the episodes. If you have a comment on this segment's commentary, you can send them to geeknews at gmail.com, or you can drop me a line at my voicemail hotline at 619-342-7365. We join now the 24-hour podcast in progress. That's the beauty of, uh, of podcasting. Good morning. Okay, we, uh, we've got a, lot, a great lineup today. And uh, I got a little bit of a line noise in the uh, talk shoe line, so we're going to make sure that uh, I can get that uh, under control. That's going to drive me crazy if I have to listen to it all day. But for all those of you that are new, the 24-Hour Podcast is a uh, event they did last year. Last year we did uh, a charity event to raise money for one laptop per child. And uh, this year the event is uh, Disabled American Veterans. And the goal today is to raise about $3,000. We have already received about $220 in donations. So uh, we'll be watching the, uh, the uh, email today as, uh, as, PayPal, um, as PayPal donations come in and uh, should be good. So during my uh, podcast, I've been uh, talking about a little item that uh, I've been uh, going to reveal and I'm going to show you guys the uh, what I have uh, here in the office. I think you guys will get a kick out of this. Let me go ahead and cue up uh, a camera, camera number two. And uh, i got to adjust the camera a little bit here. Let me make a little adjustment. And uh, for those of you that sent in your guesses, um, only one person got it right uh, up until the launch of the show. And uh, here's what it is. We are now... We're now open, folks, for 24 hours. Got me a nice neon sign back there. And uh, so I thought that would be fun to have that up today. And uh, uh, a little bright in the background, but uh, yes, we are open for business for the uh, full 24 hours. And if you guys notice, um, over on the 24hrpodcast.com website, the uh, logos there, of course, that's one of our official logos for the uh, the show, and uh, Brian uh, one of my like a creative guy over at uh, Raw Voice uh, put together the logo, and I thought it was just absolutely. I saw that online, and I said, oh, "Got to have one." But 
Okay, well, you guys see the schedule, and uh, it's going to be a good one. And I see that Rick is uh, already up and talks to you. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Are you there, Rick? Or did you mute yourself? <laughs> well, while Rick is unmuting, if you guys want to chat with me, TalkShoe is the place. The link is in the uh, on the webpage at Geek News Central. I cannot talk for 24 hours uh, by myself, so I'm hoping that you guys will uh, will join me in uh, in discussion. And uh, let me go ahead and make a small adjustment back here. But uh, um, Rick, you anyone that's called in can uh, either on Skype or voice IP uh, can actually join the conversation live. Those of you that are watching the UStream and watching the chat on UStream, um, unless you guys want to be there all day and just kind of listen to me and everyone else, that's not where the real party's at. Party is going to be in the talk show account where people can come in and uh, hang out and have a nice discussion. So let me go ahead and uh, make a small adjustment back here on the mixer board for the, uh, uh, for the sound. And uh, will everybody take this all in? And if those of you on Ustream, if you want to change your nick, you do a forward slash nick and then the username that you want to use. All right. Um, did everybody look at the lineup today? How does the uh, how does the sound sound now? Did that background noise go down a little bit? And uh, again, talkshoe.com. Actually, if you look at the link on the on the website, actually I put it up for everybody so that you guys can see uh, where the information is at. And uh, this will give you an idea here. Let me go and see if I can, uh, if I can switch this. Let me try. Well, that didn't work because I didn't have the right thing fixed. Let me switch this to background. All right, here we go. So to chat with us live, sign up for an account at TalkShoe and. Uh, the dial-in number is 724-444-7444. Call ID number is 10832. And enter the PIN if it asks you to. So again, we hope that you guys will, uh, will switch over and come up live with us on TalkShoe. That's where all the fun is going to be. The, the uh, TalkShoe account is not just for the people that will be talking on the show. It is for everyone. As you can tell, <clears throat> quite haven't found my voice yet this morning just because uh, it is early here. You guys can see it's still dark out, but it is a beautiful about 80 degrees. And uh, for those of you that are <laughs> um, back in the mainland where the actual uh, temperature is much cooler, um, sorry, I'm, I'm sitting here in shorts and uh, it's very, very comfortable. All right, let me go ahead and uh, if you guys want to see what it looks like at uh, at Michigan Control, let me go ahead and, and bring up that slide. Oh, actually, it's scrolled out. Too many camera positions here. 
So let's see here. Let's see if I can do an auto. There we go. There's a transition. There's a side view. And uh, let me change this up. All right. So you guys can get an idea of what it looks like back here. I have a laptop in the back that's uh, ready to go standby on, on streaming in case my TriCaster fails. We can come up old school and finish the event on a webcam if we have to. But I've got three cameras here in the uh, office. i got one up on the wall, one to the side that will uh, serve as a dual guest camera or guest cam. And then, of course, a camera that's straight in front of me. You guys are seeing the side view right now. Uh, the uh, can the laptop is completely on the left over here. We've got one machine that does strictly the audio recording. And then the TriCaster up here that is basically the control for all the video feeds and uh, screen stuff that we're going to be feeding into the show today. And, of course, the uh, overlays that I'm able to put up just like this or actually make a switch. That, that rolled off fast, didn't it? And then, uh, but uh, we got all kinds of cool stuff to go, cool stuff to talk about today. Lots of fun people to talk to, which we should have our first guest coming on in about 23 minutes. It's going to be Grammar Girl, uh, Mignong Fogarty, and I look forward to talking to her. And uh got a real exciting one I'm really looking forward to talk to in the middle of the night. Her name is Roz. She is a um, world-class, uh, I guess you would say, rower. She has rowed her, uh, I guess, her small skiff or whatever she has that she lives in. When she's uh, doing her worldwide voyages, but she is, uh, you know, uh, rode across the Atlantic and she's going to be coming out here to Hawaii and doing a long stretch soon. Uh, she's been uh, featured on, of course, one of the uh, Leo Laporte channels. So she's going to be on real late tonight. But we've got a whole lineup of people that are in. And um, anyway, so look forward to talking to all these folks. And um, anybody got any questions for me and how this is going to uh, go down today? Hey Rick, are you uh, are you live up in the uh, UStream chat area yet? Are you uh, unmuted? Yeah, it's Roz. Yep, that's her name. Hey Todd. Hey Rick. Good morning. How are you? Hey Todd. This is Andy. Hey Andy, are you uh, are you uh, flying down the highway this this good morning? We're flying down the highway, and Terry's driving, and. Uh, I'm I'm getting a frame maybe every thirty seconds because we're 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 out of EVDO range and uh, we're into one XRTT but uh, Prince hanging in here so can't complain. Well, that's good. It's uh, I tell you, I know you were going to be. I saw. I'm sure you saw the schedule. We're going to have you on later when you are someplace where you are uh, uh, docked at a hotel, and uh, so hopefully that fits into your schedule later today. So it should that, be. That'll, that'll work great. Okay, great, and uh, I'm glad that you're up and watching us via the stream. At least gives you and your uh, your lovely wife a little bit of entertainment for a few hours, and uh, it should be it should be good. Yeah, oh, I think so, and uh, I've got it all embedded uh, at SDR News, and and so uh, people can uh, watch it there and also catch the uh, uh, chat window as well. But uh, I think it's great, and uh, hope you're all coffeeed up and ready to go. I am, and my uh, my wife has made a, a nice big. 
pot of uh, iced tea. So that is uh, that's on reserve for a little later. And uh, I'll have some entertainment in here in the uh, in the studio in those hours in which I'm going to need a little pickup. We have a, a one hour segment that um, is the Nico and Rico show that's going to be on much later. Uh, hopefully past the hour of which kids are asleep. It is definitely not going to be a pod safe hour, <laughs> but uh, it should be entertaining to say the least. Okay, well, well, that sounds good, and we're we're doing our iZoom test right now, so we'll we'll see how this uh, if it accepts our toll as we go through. All right, good. Hey, Rick, I think you were up on the line, weren't you? I thought I heard Rick there for a second. Um, just let everybody know you guys can call in anytime, okay? And uh, you guys can you guys can call in on the call in line. You can use VoIP. Skype, um, they've uh, they've got it all set up to make it so it doesn't cost you anything. You know, if you're using, uh, um, you know, an IP connection, a voice IP connection, the uh, landline stuff is, uh, you know, whatever. If you're on a plan, or I'm I'm on unlimited long distance here, so that's how we're gonna we're gonna roll today. So I hope that you guys will join us in the talk chew conversation. Join us just like Andy has, and that uh, that definitely makes the. Uh, Makes the 24 hours go uh, for a while. And yes, you could hear more than, you shouldn't be able to hear more than one person talking at a time. You should, uh, if you're listening to the Ustream stream and you are dialed into the TalkShoe stream, you're going to hear both streams. So make sure that, uh, make sure that you have the, uh, the uh, Ustream stream uh, as your primary audio stream. Okay, well, um, it's still early here, and I've got a lot of stuff for you guys today. And uh, obviously, you cannot do 24 hours alone. That is, uh, that's very obvious that that is not a possibility. You guys would be running like uh, fleas here after about uh, 20 minutes if it was just me. But uh, we're going to have, uh, uh, if you guys have looked at the lineup, you guys can come in at any time and uh, talk with any of the guests. Of course, we'll have some discussion time with them. And uh, and then, of course, we're going to open up the lines for for comments or questions. Uh, our first guest up this morning is uh, one of the top podcasters in the country right now. Uh, she has a audience that is uh, simply an amazing, uh, amazing size, first of all. And not only that, but an amazing following. But we've got uh, Elizabeth Lewin following later. She's with uh, Podcasting News. So we're going to talk probably a whole hour on uh, the state of podcasting and uh, what she sees going on in the space. But again, anytime, people are more than welcome to jump in the chat and uh, or in the discussion on TalkShoe and actually um, add to the conversation. We'll have a some periods of open chat where people can uh, join the lines. They can talk about their shows. We had over 500 podcasters apply to be part of this event. And obviously in 24 hours, I cannot accommodate 500 people. And that, uh, that makes it tough to go through and pick those that uh, wanted to be on the, on the show. And largely, uh, the ones that, uh, I picked were the ones that responded the first, you know, responded first or people that I knew I wanted to have, um, on the event. Uh, Robert Scoble is going to be on a little later this morning. He'll be on at about 11.30 Pacific, 9.30 Honolulu time. Those of you that are uh, calling, are look, watching from various parts of the world, there are 
um, some options where you can uh, click on a link on the website. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a, a link here in, in both of the chats. It shows you the time in Honolulu so that you all will uh, not have to kind of guess. You guys can refer to this on a uh, on a regular basis. This shows the time in Honolulu, and that will help you out. There are two chat streams going on. There is the TalkShoe chat, and then there is the Ustream chat. So I'm running those side by side and watching that as we go through. So, Rick, are you uh, are you dialed in? I see you, and the system is dialed in. Rick must be away from the phone at this moment. Okay, well, I'm looking for Young to pop in here in about 15 minutes, and uh, we'll get this thing going. Uh, I see that uh, I'm getting a little IM here. And who's this coming up this morning? All right, folks, uh, let me uh, answer this IM, and, uh, and I'll be back with you in a second. Obviously, though, that is going to have to go away. The enable sounds on Pigeon is going to have to go away. Let me make a switch to that so it doesn't do that all morning. Now, another thing I've got going on right now, and you guys are the early birds. You guys are going to get a chance here um, to uh, get involved in my HP Magic giveaway. I don't know if you guys have heard about this or not. But uh, HP has sponsored uh, an event where 50 podcasters, and matter of fact, my podcast is some, one of the last podcasts to give away, um, give away the gear. But uh, 50 podcasters were each given around $6,000 in gear, uh, three or four computers, uh, some entertainment stuff, software, and just a huge, huge package of gear. And uh, that uh, is all going to be given to one person. And that person is uh, going to get the Christmas present of a lifetime and uh, going to basically get a full tech refresh immediately. On my last two podcasts, I have uh, gave my listeners six different ways in which they could enter to win. So if you are up on the stream and you want to find out what those six ways to win are, you definitely need to... Uh, to listen to each of the last two podcasts on my website. And then you can have up to six chances to win that gear. And by doing some very simple things, it's, you know, each uh, item just takes more than maybe a minute or so to do, or a couple minutes to do. And uh, for a chance, uh, six times the chances to win the $6,000 worth of gear. Throughout the event today, I'm going to be announcing some, another, some other initiatives where you, if you're listening, and listening only at that very time, because I'm only going to mention it once during an hour or maybe every two to three hours, um, you will get another opportunity to enter to win for the HP Magic giveaway. Now, this is, this is quite, the, uh, quite the gift package, I'm telling you. It's, uh, I've got like eight boxes in my garage uh, full of uh, cool gear. Um, they've got some DVDs, some games, uh, but the main thing is, is the hardware, uh, an HP touchscreen. They've got uh, three laptops, uh, an entertainment system. It's just 
you know, just do a, a Google search for HP Magic or search on the Geek News Central website, and you'll see all the cool stuff that uh, that they've lined up to uh, to give away. So we are going to announce a little bit later in this hour how to uh, how to score a chance to uh, enter to win the HP Magic giveaway that I have going on, which will be giving the prizes away Monday on my podcast on the 22nd. When I record that, the winner will be announced, and it should be... Uh, um, should be a great uh, great Christmas present for someone. We'll get FedEx right out here and and, uh, and get them shipped. They may get the gear a day or two after Christmas, but uh, when you got six grand worth of free stuff coming, who cares, right? Okay. Well, we uh, we still haven't people coming in to. Uh, coming in to talk to you you guys this is a place to be come out and hang out with me and uh talk about your podcast and talk about what you're doing in your space pimp this is the show this is the show where you get the opportunity to uh get some major exposure let me tell you a little bit about the statistics from last year's 24-hour podcast at the very top end during the 24-hour event i think we had five or six hundred people viewing the stream which you know it's a fair number and we're up to 62 viewers this morning, which is not very many. But when we got done with the show and after I produced it, of course, I have a very loyal following. And, of course, all the people that were on the show uh, were, were pimping the uh, audio archives over on the website. And those 30 or so segments that we recorded last year had a little over half a million downloads. So... This is an opportunity for you if you are a podcaster or a blogger to come on here and talk about what you do. We have open chat times. We'll have times like this. Maybe we'll have some times when some guests do not show up. And uh, and I see our first guest has just shown up, and Grammar Girl is on the line with us this morning. And uh, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Mingyang? Are you are you uh, are you awake in your fair state? I'm almost awake. I, I did have to set an alarm this morning, but it, it's not that early. <laughs> much earlier for you. Well, you know, it's uh, it's much better for me because uh, uh, to do it this way because at uh, 6 a.m. it's obviously 11 a.m. on the Eastern Standard Time, and uh, so everyone is wide awake and bushy-tailed. And then as we go into the evening hours and when things really get rough for me around midnight when I have to make it through the next the, the last six hours – the uh, the folks on the again on the east coast are starting to wake up and are rejoining the uh, the show and they keep me company through the you know through the wee hours of the night and then I finish up and and tomorrow morning at the same time and go to bed and uh, last year people begged me to go long it was kind of an inside joke on uh, my podcast always going long but you know my podcast now is the norm an hour and fifteen minutes I know you can't imagine doing a show that long could you. No, I can't. It would take too long to edit it. <laughs> your your show is much more of a, a free form. You don't edit, right? No, I don't. I don't edit. Well, I do every once in a while. I do a I do a live edit, and since I started doing live video, I haven't been able to do that. So the mis more mistakes are in the show. But what I would uh, do before is I would be recording, and if I goof something up and it didn't sound right, I would stop the recording. I would back up to the point where I made the goof up, and I would just continue going. That's my form of editing, but no, no post-show editing ever. So, 
But you don't have people checking your grammar either. <laughs> well, that is, uh, you can, are probably very well aware that my grammar is so superior. <laughs> <laughs> well, I joke that I have tens of thousands of copy editors who work on my show after it's released. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, yeah, my copy editor, my fans have said, hey, you, you know, you, you used the, you know, you used there wrong again. Or, you know, it's just, I, I'm obviously a techie guy. I'm a geek. Um, growing up and uh, going to school, I was always interested in tearing stuff apart, and putting it back together. I was never interested in writing term papers. And uh, when I did, it, uh, you know, I barely squeaked by. So it's it's very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't seem to have held you back too much. <laughs> well, the uh, I guess in this point in my, in my life, the, the other creative stuff has uh, has come out. But for those of you that are have joined us here, uh, or of course, who we have on the line right now is uh, Mignong Fogarty. She is none other than Grammar Girl. I guess you probably are known more by Grammar Girl than your real first name, aren't you? Yeah. In fact, only recently I started using my name in my show. I, I realized that my, my guest writers, I would use their name and all the other hosts in the Quick and Dirty Tips Network always say who they are. But when I started, I just never did. So only within, I think, the last couple of months did I start occasionally even saying my name in the show. So it's sort of a new thing. People definitely know me as Grammar Girl. Last year, um, Dan and CJ, my um, our sound production guy and, and my assistant, made a really funny uh, song called Grammar Got Run Over by a Reindeer Yep. And, uh, for Christmas, and they put it up on YouTube. It might still be there. I'm not sure. And um, But there was part of it that... Um, it said, as for me and Mignon, we believe. And a bunch of people wrote in and went, who's Mignon? <laughs> so, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, just on a, um, of course, the whole audience is going to hear this, but just on a another note, I did have a, a chat with our uh, our sponsors. And uh, for quarter one, we uh, were looking good. So I'll be sending out some emails on that, but uh, insertion orders should be here in a few days. And I was, you know, with the economy the way it is, I was a little bit nervous that uh, what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, even though they said everything was going to be good, I was, you know, until they actually told me what the numbers were, I was, I was sitting here with bated breath, but um, looks like we're going to have a, another good quarter one. So, whew. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic news. I know we had been starting to sweat too, because you know, they always wait until the last minute to let us know, but this quarter it it just, you know, was making us nervous. So that is fantastic news. <laughs> yeah, and I think people had had their budget set for Q1. My biggest, my bigger concern is Q2. Uh, there will be some small changes, but we'll be talking about that uh, privately offline and uh, nothing that, well, it's, you know, there is pain in the economy. So we're going to uh, to try to help them a little bit in that pain, and we'll, we'll be talking about that with you guys. Okay, now that's great news. So, I mean, I, I've said it many times. Without you and the work you do bringing ads to our show, we our shows wouldn't be nearly as good. You know, we wouldn't be able to afford to have professional sound editors or copy editing. I mean, the advertising really makes it so that we can do what we do and put out a quality show. So, you know, thanks. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're welcome. My pleasure. And you know, and to be honest with you, I have a lot of. Um... I'm doing this thing right now with uh, with HP, and uh, they are giving away this uh, this great gift package, which you should get involved in. Try to win, Mingyang. You you could get to use some extra laptops around there. But the um, the uh, uh, 
one of the folks that uh, was a new listener on the show, they had basically came, you know, maybe this can lead into some of our discussion about podcasting, but one of the listeners that came back and a brand new listener who never listened to the show before, they were there specifically to see if they could find out how to win this giveaway package. And um, they said, why do you have the ads? And, you know, I hate the ads. The ads aren't, you know, why did you do that? And, you know, it's, and it was, it was, and I've, I've gotten those throughout the years, but I haven't got one in a long time. And um, I basically said, you know, I replied to the person back. I said, hey, this is, you know, it's what puts bread and butter on my table. It's uh, it's the thing that uh, it's how my family eats, how I make my mortgage payment. And, um, you know, it's how it's, you know, it's, it's just a regular part of my show. And, um, you know, it is what it is. So have you gotten over the, um, you know, over a couple of years that you've been running advertising in your show, have you, received uh, what kind of pushback or what's what's been the reaction because you do a very short show so it affects your show more than it affects mine what's been the what's been the response you know we i occasionally i get pushback and often you know like you say it's from new listeners um but i get as many positive comments you know every once in a while someone will write in and say you know, gosh, thanks for telling me about go to my PC. I tried it and I really liked it. You know, and I think it's pretty uncommon for people to thank someone for an ad in their show. Someone, someone does do that. I, I really take notice. It, you know, it seems pretty odd. So, um, and you know, we've gotten almost as many messages like that as we have complaints. So it's, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say we get a huge amount of pushback on the ads. You know, I just noticed my UStream. Um, video went away. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I uh, I made okay. it. I just changed a. Um, no, you're a back. Oh, that's weird. You didn't see the background screen. So let me show I you. I saw the. Oh, did you see oh. that? Oh, there were just words. It kind of looked yeah. like it had gone away, and there's a public service there. Oh, yeah. you did that on purpose. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all I'm, I'm all fancy pantsy here. I have a nice little fader, so. <laughs> I but, feel that's nice. I thought it was the default uh, screen when things go wrong. <laughs> right, right. Well, that uh, it, that could be. So someone's. Oh yeah, folks. If you're listening to both streams, I saw something up in chat. If you're listening to both streams, you're going to get an echo. The talk shoe stream will probably be faster than the UStream stream. And if you're listening on your phone or Skype, it's going to be live versus. Uh, it's even going to be even more delayed than stream. So you may have to turn your speakers down depending on what you're listening to. So. Ming-Yang, let's talk a little bit about, you know, let's go back here to the beginning of when you started your show. First of all, why? Why did you decide to do a podcast, and what were you doing before you started, uh, you know, Quick and Dirty Tips? What, what, was the, what was your background? Sure. Before I started Quick and Dirty Tips, I was a technical writer. I wrote um, white papers and marketing brochures and websites and things like that for biotech companies and hospitals. Um, and before that, I had worked at, at Internet startups. So um, I have a degree in English and a master's in biology. So I was a science writer, and that made a lot of sense. Um, and I had, before I started doing a lot of corporate work, I had written for magazines, and I loved interviewing scientists and hearing about what they were doing on their jobs. And I didn't get to do that as much anymore when I started writing for biotech companies. So I actually, before Grammar Girl, I started a science podcast that I did for about six to eight months. 
as a way to have a reason to keep interviewing scientists. So, you know, I could call them up and say, I, I produce a podcast called Absolute Science, and I'd like to interview you. And, and it was just sort of a way to get my foot in the door and keep interviewing scientists. And, and I love technology, so I, you know, had heard about this thing called podcasting and wanted to play around with it. So, it, you know, it was just sort of a hobby and a way to keep my foot in the door in science writing for magazines without editors. <laughs> and um, that, that show just ended up taking a lot of time. You know, we talk about getting paid to do what you do. Well, that was my hobby, and it was taking 20 hours a week. And it was just something I couldn't do it anymore, particularly as a freelance writer. You know, my time really was worth money. If I was spending 20 hours a week producing a podcast, that was 20 hours a week I wasn't doing freelance work to earn money. And so, you know, it just wasn't something I could continue. So I was looking for something that, frankly, that would take less time. <laughs> but by then, I had come to love podcasting, so I wanted to stay in, you know, I wanted to keep doing a podcast, but it just needed to be something that would take less time. And I thought it would be uh, fun and easy to do Grammar Girl, which was a joke, because it's, it's not easy. <laughs> but it seemed at the time as if it would be easy. And, you know, I thought I'd do a little five-minute podcast that was scripted, so I wouldn't have to do a lot of editing. And I wouldn't have guests, so I wouldn't have to deal with scheduling. And, and it was something that, you know, where I had some expertise and, and something that, that I would enjoy. I, I love looking at the rules for writing. And so it, it was just my way to keep the foot in the door of podcasting. And then, of course, I quickly learned that the grammar rules aren't nearly as simple as, as one might think. And, and every show takes about 8 to 10 hours to produce for Grammar Girl. So... I guess it's a little bit shorter than the science podcast, but it, it still takes a significant amount of time for a for a five minute show. People are often surprised to hear it takes so long, but you know I do a lot of research before I write a show to make sure that that I've got the rules right because there are a lot of conflicting rules when it comes to grammar, and so I try to explain things and you know take all those different conflicting rules from the different reference books and condense them down into something that that a normal person could understand and remember. So you actually so you're probably the recording portion is pretty short obviously because you've got a script kind of worked out I'm sure but so how yeah. many hours do you actually spend doing the actual research are you doing like 5 hours of research an hour of recording and then 2 hours of post or how does that work Yeah it probably it's you know I spend about I probably spend about an hour half an hour an hour picking a topic and then it depends on how complicated the topic is, but I can easily spend, you know, five or six hours doing the research and taking notes and, and writing the show. It takes, you know, even once I've done the research, it probably takes at least an hour or two, yeah, at least two, to write the show. It's, it's usually about, about 1,400 to 1,600 words. That's three pages typed. And once you have the information, that still takes a while just to write and have it be coherent and, you know, put in all the administrative stuff and figure out what ad we're going to do that week and who we're going to thank and promote. And we always have announcements and it actually, it can take, even when I have a guest writer to write the, the meat of the show, it still can take me an hour, an hour and a half to put all the administrative stuff around the show. Um, so that actually takes longer than most people think. And then, then I record I haul my computer into my closet where I record, and that takes, you know, half an hour maybe to record. And then I clean up the audio. I 
edit out all my errors, you know, my mis my misspeaks before I send it to Dan, our production guy. And um, that take that can take half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, you know, and then I send it to Dan and he does more production work on it, editing out pops and getting it on the feed and stuff like that. So it, it really the, the variable amount of time is the research, you know, that can take, you know, a really easy topic that could take three hours, and, but a more complicated topic, it could take eight. It did, just kind of depends. Did you say you spent, you, you go into a closet to record? <laughs> right, I do. I, I can't claim uh, that I came up with the idea myself. I saw a picture of Scott Sigler in the New York Times recording his audiobook in his closet, and I looked at it and I said, that's right, because clothes make, they're like poor man's acoustical foam. They, they make the sound really nice. So I have, I have a, a sort of a walk-in closet, and I have my microphone on a swing arm. So it's just up in the corner. When I'm not recording, I just pull it down, and I face the clothes in the corner and it, it provides some really nice, um, audio environment. (laughs) That's, that's, that's amazing. You know, that is, you know, and you have, this is the ultimate, uh, this is the ultimate thing that people need to understand is that you have a huge, huge audience and yet you record your show in a closet and you know, as funny as that sounds, it, you don't have to have a fancy, fancy studio. You know, you don't. Yeah. I was just, I gave a talk at the local Mensa group um, last week. I've been doing more public speaking since my book came out. And I was talking about that as part of my talk. You know, I have, you know, a lot of listeners in my book made the New York Times bestseller list. And isn't this odd because I'm just this girl who records the show in her closet, <laughs> you know, but that's what's great about podcasting is, is, Anyone can give it a try, and you don't need a lot of expensive equipment. And and it's sort of like video on the internet because you know by the time you put it up on the net and people download it, it gets condensed so much that you don't need to start with the highest quality available. You know, it's it's good enough once people download it. Yeah, and I you know it's uh you had a you had an amazing following even before you were on Oprah, and Oprah probably really helped you helped your show explode even more but um you've done a lot more than just doing your show you've got a whole network of people now over at quickanddirtytips.com gotta get your website plug in there right you're right (laughs) quickanddirtytips.com and uh it's funny you know it's true most people know me as grammar girl but i'm also the founder of the quick and dirty tips podcast network and i run you know I'm, i'm the managing director right now i i manage all the day-to-day activities for that network and that's what takes the other you know if my show takes 10 hours that takes the other 40 or 50 hours of my time every week um i i personally edit uh, more than half the shows that go out and as you know i manage the ad schedule which takes a huge amount of time when we have 10 shows and i'm trying to figure out how to juggle the schedule to make sure you know everyone gets the right ads that takes that that alone. Probably managing the ad schedule alone takes ten hours a week, and with so many shows. And you know, it's just it was great because I I saw Grammar Girl that the format was working, and it just seemed like a no brainer to launch other shows that followed the similar format but talked about different topics. So we have you know the Modern Manners Guy and the Mighty Mommy and nutrition diva and uh, money girl you know we have all these great shows on different topics that follow the same five minute scripted um 
style. So, you know, if Quick and Dirty, if Quick and Dirty Tips launches a new show, let's say we launch a dog training show, people who are familiar with our network know what that show is going to be like. It's, it's going to be five minutes or so. It's going to be scripted. You know, it'll go a certain way. And so yeah, I, I think that that's the important part about building a brand is that you make sure that people know what to expect from your brand and you keep delivering that. So we worked very, really hard on, on building the Quick and Dirty Tips brand and all the, all the shows and the network. One question I've got for you is that when um, when we first started out and when I came up with the idea of uh, building networks, and we, of course, the first network that uh, a guy, another guy and I came up with was, of course, Tech Podcast Network over at techpodcast.com. We kind of made that as a, a network where everyone did their own thing as a, a group of family-safe shows, um, and it still is. It's a group of family-safe shows. All the podcasts are on there. People can listen to without worrying about their kids having their ears get blistered, but when I made the transition from doing that to starting Raw Voice and opening up a um, our first site, which was podcasternews.com, the idea there was to have a number of podcasters come in that would create short show format that was relevant to today's news and information and make it kind of like a little podcast news um, network per se. Now, what we found and what the challenge continues to be for podcaster news today, even, and we, and we are the first to admit it has not uh, grown the way we would, way we expected it was to, to grow was that finding people to do the content that wanted to be part of the network that would be willing to put the time in to get to the point where they could monetize because we were building it from new. And it's, even though it's been up now a couple of years, there are a number of shows on there making money. But the majority of the shows, they do, you know, they kind of periodically do podcasts. Now, how did you find the people for these other shows? How, you know, what what is the process that you use? What is your vetting process? Um, do people come to you and beg to be on the network? How, how, how's it work for you? Yeah, you're right. That is one of the biggest challenges. We've lost um, a few hosts over the last couple of years. And um, in the, the first four shows that, that I launched, so um, let me back up. So I have a partnership with Macmillan Publishing. Yep. So a couple of years ago, um, when things started taking off, I formed a partnership with them. So they are, um, you know, we, we do the network together. So um, before that, there I, I had four shows my myself before I did that partnership. And those were people that I just knew who were either writers or experts in their field. You know, Legal Lad was a friend of mine, and he was a lawyer, and I thought he'd make a good host. And Money Girl was actually um, one of my neighbors who I had gotten to know really well and just, you know, was a fantastic investor and had given me a lot of advice over the years. So they, they were people I knew that I thought would do a good job, and that worked out pretty well. Um, some Actually, most of those people... Of all of the original, all but one of the original hosts have now left, um, and we've replaced them, or their shows have gone away. Um, and, and so, since then, after we formed the partnership, after I formed the partnership with Macmillan, we, we've started getting mostly we get pitches. So people send us pitches; they want to be part of the network, and we do pay our hosts. We, you know. We don't pay them a lot, but we pay them enough, we hope, to make it worth their while. And then because of the partnership with Macmillan, if the shows become successful, there's a really good chance the hosts can earn money other ways from being the host. They can write a book, 
and Macmillan has a speakers bureau so that can help them, you know, go out and develop a career as a public speaker. And what, and what we found is that the people who are coming to us now who want to be part of the network are people who already have some sort of um, public speaking career, and they're looking for a way to expand their profile in the world. So the people who come and want to do shows with us now, you know, they're, inter- they're interested in podcasting, but they're not looking at it just as a way to make money. They're looking at it as a way to get more people to know who they are so that they can take advantage of other opportunities like speaking and, and book writing that, that are, frankly, more profitable than podcasting. You know, they view it almost as a marketing arm for their business. You're, you're going to laugh on this one. You know, when, uh, when I first started podcasting in October of 2004, um, when I was approached by Wiley Publishing to do the first book on podcasting, I was a little bit hesitant to do it, but uh, moved in in vigor and 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 uh, put that book together in complete secrecy. And then I had been growing a, an audience that was, um, quite frankly, quite amazing at the time. It and it still is amazing today. It's you know it's surpassed my ever possible, um, ever possible thought that it would. But uh, I guess for a better word and. What I found was is when I when I made the announcement, this is the oxymoron of the story. When I hyped that I was making an announcement on show number sixty nine, ironically, that the audience members, the minute they found out that I published a book, it thought I sold out, and I lost thirty uh, percent of my audience overnight. And no way. yeah, so I had, and I've talked about this in the past where success doesn't always drive listenership. <laughs> Me. It's amazing. Think- yeah, but it but it but it worked in the long run. What happened then was those thousand or so or two thousand or how many ever we had at the time that left, um, I gained those back in by quantum leaps more. But there was some that were I think it boiled down to a, a uh, an issue where um, people were jealous of the success and they so yeah. then they you know, then they become resentful. Um, so, you know, that is the, that is the challenge that you have to find is you have to find the happy medium to bridge from being a, and I consider myself still an, you know, an amateur at this, um, creating content as a, as a, you know, as a, just a lay person. Um, I think the challenge is to find a way to bridge and bridge and bridge into something else you want to do in an accessible way. So it sounds like you've got a, um, very, unique offering that uh, without your partner would be very hard to sell uh, to many people to keep them active in creating content. Yeah. And you know, that's what always surprises me when, when people um, say negative things about us, you know, wanting to make money. And I, I guess part of the reason I don't understand it is because before I did this, I was a freelance writer and I was writing articles that were about 1400 or 1600 words. And for that, you know, I would get paid. That was my job. And then all I, in the beginning, especially all I really did was take those articles and read them. You know, I, write, I was writing the same kind of article, and then instead of publishing it in a magazine, I was reading it as a podcast. And suddenly people don't think that that's worthy of being, uh, to, uh, to be paid for. I just ended a sentence with a preposition. That was bad. But, <laughs> you know, people for some reason don't think you should be, there are a few people, and it's getting smaller and smaller, but there are a few people who don't think you should be paid for producing a podcast. And for me, the work was almost identical to what I was doing before as, as a job. So 
I just don't understand that thinking. You know, if, if you're doing something that's work and you're producing content for other people, uh, I don't see why you shouldn't get paid for that. And, you know, we've seen that with the hosts that we have. It takes a lot of time to put together content. And if yep. we aren't able, able to compensate them in a way that makes it worth their time, they're not going to keep doing it year after year. You know, you have to find a way to pay people. It, you know, it's one thing to put out a show every once in a while, but to put out a show every week on a schedule. I mean, and, you know, with no breaks. I mean, one of my hosts was saying, gosh, you know, even people who work on TV get, you know, they do a season, they get a few weeks off here and there. But, you know, we, every week we're producing new shows. And, and to keep people doing that, you have to pay them. <laughs> it, it becomes a job. You know, I've, uh, I've put 433 shows in the can. And uh, for the first two and a half years, I did not take a break. I did a show twi- uh, twice weekly. I don't think I missed a show in two and a half years. And then uh, when my father passed away, I was off for uh, seven days or so. And that, to me... It was almost when I came back from the uh, the event. Of course, having suffered a tragedy in the family, I came back and got in front of the microphone again, and I was like, felt rusty even being gone a week. You know, so you get into this rhythm. I call it my show rhythm. And when I went on vacation this year, it's the first year I had two great hosts step up and do the show while I was gone. Um, getting back into the show rhythm really takes some time. So I, if for podcasters that are listening. If you're not doing a show on a consistent basis, you're doing yourself a, a, dis- a disfavor because the quality um, is impacted in, in a big, big way. And But I do understand the compensation part, Young. but the challenge that many podcasters are going to have and the thing that they're going to have to decide in their brain from the get-go, uh, and this is the sad reality of the space right now, and in, in even though we work as hard as we do to put money in podcasters' pockets, some podcasters don't earn a lot of money. Some do, yeah. you know. But I, when I started my show, I made a decision from the get-go that I would do it for two years. And if it wasn't profitable at two years, then I would have to reconsider my options. Now, fortunately, the show become profitable very quickly and remains profitable. So um, that um, – you know, that's a challenge that people are going to have. They have to decide whether or not they're going to, you know, what level they're going to do their podcasting at. If it's a hobby, it's a hobby. If it's a business, it's a business, but you have to treat it as a business. Yeah, I think con- the consistency part is really important if if you are trying to create a business. I know as a podcast listener, there I look forward to certain shows on certain days. You know, I, I love the um, Slate Political Gap Fest, and it comes out Thursday night, and I produce my show Thursday night. So I'll, I'll produce my show, and, and then I'll be getting ready to go to bed, and I'll be kind of late. And I'm always so happy when I can go download that show, and I listen to it as I go to sleep at night. So it's my treat Thursday night after I finish my show. And if it's not there, I'm just crushed. It like ruins my my night, you know. And so I really look forward to it. And if it came out on an erratic schedule, I, you know, I wouldn't. I don't think I would develop that loyalty to the show that I have. So I, I think consistency of of your release day and time is is, is important in in building. Um, a business, if that's what you want to do. And, and you're right. I mean, there are definitely people who podcast as a hobby. And when I got started, it was my hobby. And, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, it's a great hobby. Right. Ming Young, as you know, this event is, um, the reason I started this event last year was primarily to do it um, 
as a way to uh, raise money for a good cause. And this year, our good cause is uh, disabled American veterans. As you know, I retired from the military a year ago, and I have uh, veterans close to my heart. I thought that this year, considering everything that has went on with the uh, the conflict in Iraq and in Afghanistan that we would um, honor vets by trying to earn money this uh, this year and to dis, uh, to donate to DAV.org. It's an organization that helps out vets uh, uh, worldwide, uh, well, American vets worldwide. And uh, so as we're moving through here, those of you that are listening to the show, I just want to let you remind you that even though we're talking about new media, podcasting, everything else, this event is uh, a charity event. We're raising money for, uh, again, for disabled American veterans. There is a PayPal link on the website at Geek News Central and also at 24hourpodcast.com. The goal today is to get to around $3,000 in donations. So if, if you haven't donated and you want to donate, not, not Jimmy Young, but everyone, uh, feel free to, uh, to make your donation today, and it would be greatly appreciated. So moving back into your um, topic, Ming-Yang, the what do you see then on your shows? How much of a ramp-up do you guys have to do in pre-promotion of the launching of a new show, and then what goes into the actual final decision uh, to actually launch a show? Do you do some trial stuff with the podcaster first to see how it's going to sound, or how does that work? We usually have the podcast, uh, someone who's given us a pitch and we're interested in doing their show, we'll have them, often we'll have them write a sample script or two to, to see if they can um, sort of write in the style of the network. And then if we're happy with their script, then um, we'll have them, you know, just do a really simple, I don't even want to call it a voice test, you know, we'll have them call our voicemail line and, and read their script, for example. It's really simple just to you see what their voice sounds like because, it, you know, it is important to have a good voice when you're doing a podcast. So, you know, first we make, make sure they can write and then we make sure that, you know, they can speak well. And then, um, you know, if we like their samples, it, then it's a go and we sign them up and we start developing the logo. And actually coming up with a show name is one of the hardest parts because we have a, we have a standard format for our name. It's Grammar Girls Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. Uh, money girls, quick and dirty tips for a richer life. Uh, get it done, guys. Quick and dirty t- tips to work more and do less and work more, or something like that. So there's a there's a, a very standard format. You know, it's a, sort of a two word moniker. Quick and dirty tips for blah blah blah. And so to fit uh, a show, to come up with a name that fits the format and isn't already, you know, being used by someone else. I mean, we we had a really hard time naming Make It Green Girl because there's so many green websites out there, you know, everything we thought of was already being used for a long time. It probably took us, you know, three, three or four weeks to come up with a name that, that fit the format, sounded decent, and could be cleared by legal. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people are surprised to find out that's, that's the hardest part. And the name is so important. We, we felt reassured when we talked to some people in the magazine industry, and they said that they can actually take up to a year to name a new magazine and that they they feel there's nothing more important than the name. Like the name doesn't get across what the show is about. In the, in one or two words, the magazine's going to fail. So we felt a little better <laughs> after we talked to them about how much we agonized about names. Um, and you know, we developed the the logo, and then you know, the host is just producing scripts and getting ready to go. And then um, we have some a list of recommended equipment that that they buy to get started, and then they'll start recording 
shows and sending their their first shows to Dan, our production guy, and he works with them to get you know the settings right on their mixer and their microphone set up right and their pop filters so they're not popping and you know it you probably go through probably takes two or three trials to get their sound up to you know the standards for for the network so you know it, it takes easily a month or two to launch a new show. That's amazing. It really is. And it's good, though, because you guys follow many of the steps that I recommend for people considering doing new media. You know, I basically say you really got to think this through. You know, when I had my, you know, for me, I already I had a blog. I was blogging before I started podcasting and uh, I'd been blogging a couple of years. So for me, it was a a natural transition just to call the show the same thing as the website. And uh, although when I tried to um set the website up the first time when I was getting ready to blog. I wanted a different domain, which was not available, and I'm still today trying to buy that domain, which I won't say what it is over the air. <laughs> right. And uh, and someday I might uh, I might get lucky and get it, and if I do, then maybe the name will morph a little bit. But uh, for now, we're you know we're Geek News Central, and that's that's how it's going to stay. But you're right, the name is is very very important, and. Uh, Building that brand equity is is just as important as well, along with the the you know getting the production done. Um, you know, I think it's a testament to you, and I'm not going to um, talk about your numbers. And I, even though I do know your numbers, um, you know, in a quantifiable sense, but your shows come online and they are like boom, they're there. They are. I mean, you know, I you just ramp you ramp up in listen uh, viewer listener and viewer views. And an amazing rate. You really do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an advantage that we have now that we're established because when we launch a new show, we have 10 other shows that we can use to promote it. You know, when we launch a new show, every show in our network will mention it. And so it's, it's, it's much easier for us to launch a new show than it is for someone who doesn't have that sort of ability to do cross-promotion right now. But I do want to say, and, and, you know, it's probably harder to launch. In fact, it's absolutely harder to launch a new show now than it was when I started two and a half years ago. There's a lot more competition, especially from um, professional media, from the TV stations and NPR and HBO and ESPN. You know, like half the shows now are from, you know, I mean, we're a professional content producer, but they're a whole, a higher level professional content producer than we are. And you know they can have they have in part because they have better cross promotion opportunities than we do. They can promote their podcasts on their TV and radio shows, whereas we promote our podcasts on our other podcasts. So it's harder to launch a show now. But um, you know when I started, like you said, I, I don't have grammargirl.com. dot um, You know I started with uh, cutienow.com dot com and now have quick and dirty tips. But you don't have to have everything in place to get started and give it a try. You don't have to have, you know, the perfect audio quality. When I started, I used the headphone mic that came with my voice recognition software. Me too. I was using like, yeah. So, you know, we, we do a lot of work now because there's an expectation, because we exist with a certain level of quality, there's an expectation that our new shows will continue to have that level of quality. But, you know, for people getting started, it doesn't have to be this big ordeal that it is for us. <laughs> so I don't want people. I don't want to make it sound harder than it is for people who are thinking about giving it a try. Well, Grammar Girl, we're getting close to the top of the hour, and uh, we've got a number of people on Talk Shoe. And I thought I would give everyone just an opportunity if they wanted to say hi or wanted to ask a question. I mean, Young, I've been hogging the uh, the mic here. 
Uh, does anybody have any questions? They're up on TalkShoe on uh, call-in if they want to uh, ask her a question or two. I think the cat has everyone's tongue. I've never used TalkShoe before, so how does this work? People are on the line and they can just ask the question? Yep, they sure can. And actually, I'm going to put up the uh, the uh, the the link. Um, basically, they, uh, they can dial into the number at 724 Four 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 seven four four four. They use caller ID one zero eight three two, followed by the pound sign. And uh, if you've signed up for an account, I believe it, and you ask you to enter a PIN. Um, so it's best to have an account so I, we can see who you are, and you guys can come in and join the conversation with us today. It's going to be a a long day. We're uh, we're closing down on hour one already, but uh, you know, Mingyang, you're more than welcome to hang out with this, and I want to thank you for. For coming and sharing a little bit, uh, the time has absolutely flown here. We probably could have talked two hours to you alone, and uh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I have to. I have to go stay in cabinets. We're, oh, we're renovating. Joy. Renovating, but, <laughs> but it was great to be here. Someone was uh, on the talk show line. Did you? Have, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is Rick Savoya. Hey, Rick. I just had a question for for Grandma Girl there. I've, I've listened to a number of her shows. Enjoy them. Um, I, I had a question regarding uh, the scripting because I, I stepped out for a few minutes. So I missed a, a good part of your segment, and I, I don't know if it was covered or not. But uh, a lot of that's—it's all pretty much scripted, right? For the for the basic grammar girl program, that's all scripted, correct? And yeah, uh, I write how, uh, how much... every word. Go uh, ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, I was—I yeah. write out every word from starting with grammar girl here to that's all. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Well, a lot of my show is scripted as well. There's a lot of uh, preparation that goes into to mine. I, I was just curious as to how much uh, preparation time goes into each each show, each script. Uh, yours is, uh, I don't think yours is quite as long as, as my show, but uh, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into a lot of research. How much time do you spend on average for each one? There is. Yeah, I said anywhere from from three to eight hours, depending on the topic. And one thing I forgot to mention is usually I also send my show, once I write the script, I send it to a copy editor to edit because particularly with my show, people are get really upset when there are errors as well they should. You oh, know, yeah. so, so um, you know, and that's one of the tips I give about proofreading is that you can never proofread your own work as well as someone else can. So that's another step I forgot to mention earlier is that I send my script out to a copy editor when I have time, when it's not done at the last second, um, to get it, you know, proofed too. So any, and then that usually takes half an hour to an hour for someone to proofread. About a half oh, I don't an hour. Feel so bad. I don't feel so sure. bad then because it takes me a while to write those up. But, but you were mentioning before, uh, about, uh, content, uh, or was it Todd that, uh, that's, that's a, well, I guess that was in the chat that, that content is a, uh, a tough thing to come up with, and it can be. But you know, if you if you really know your stuff, it's really not not too bad. I mean, when I get going, I can just start writing, and then I have to start editing some things out. Do you find that to be the case with you sometimes? Yeah, it's easier to write something long than it is to write something short. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's a, a big problem with all the hosts. We're, we're always trying to cut down their their scripts to make them you know, around five minutes, often they come in long because there's just so much, you know, you get excited about a topic and there's so much you want to say and so much you want to share, but people don't want to, maybe don't want to listen for 20 minutes about, you know, commas or, or whatever the topic is. So we try to keep it short, but yeah, that's so always really a challenge. Editing. So really it's the editing that can be the toughest part. 
in some yeah, ways. Yeah, it, it is, actually. The writing, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me, the, the way I write, it's hard for me to separate the writing from the editing, but, but yeah, the, the getting it down the first time on the page isn't the hard part. It's getting it so that it's really tight and well-organized and, and short enough, yet includes everything. It takes all the time. Well, thanks. I enjoyed the show. Hey, thanks. Oh, you for, bet. Thanks for calling in. Ming Young, thanks so very much, and uh, I appreciate it. Ming Young, why don't you tell everybody your contact info and your website again as you're signing off? Oh, sure. Thanks, Todd, and good luck with your fundraising. It's a great cause. Um, grammar, you can find Grammar Girl at quickanddirtytips.com. I'm Grammar Girl on Twitter, and I'm Mignon Fogarty at Facebook. And you know, check out all the great Quick and Dirty Tips shows. Thanks, Ming Young, and uh, have a great day staining, okay? Okay, thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, I'm going to take just a few minutes here to make a, uh, to re-cue all of the recording stuff. And if you guys want to chat amongst yourselves, I know that Elizabeth is on deck from podcasting, podcastnews.com. And uh, we'll have her on. Elizabeth, are you, I know you're up on the line. Good morning. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I sure can. So give me just a second, and I'll be right back with you. And if anybody else is on the line wants to chat, they can. So how how are you doing so far? One hour down and twenty three to go. Well, I'm I'm doing good. I just have a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts here that I have to remember to save after each hour. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, that's nice that you're doing it in one hour chunks, though, so you don't get six hours in and realize something's dreadfully wrong. 